Later, Thymara asks Elise about it, and Elise says that she has no idea. Oh my god, a siren. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wait. A siren. Is it gone? A siren. She's singing off in the distance. Okay, I think I'm gonna start. Welcome to Buckheap Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 77, The Rainwilds Chronicles, book four, Blood of Dragons, chapters five through nine. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I accidentally finished the book again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Eli, and I've never read this book before. (laughs) I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, also a new reader. Okay, first up, we have uh, announcements for content warnings on the following chapters. We've got chapter five for some light murder. Just cash, real easy light murder. It's just not horrible in any way at all. And chapter seven for some cannibal talk. (laughs) A lot of cannibal (laughs) talk. Um, And a brief allusion to rape. So that's gross. I only talk about the cannibal talk. (laughs) That's right. Um, So we've got all our own, our very own uh, bird mail in the mailbag. So first up is uh, we have a comment from Suze that says, "Longtime listener, first time caller, just wanted to say hell yes for the nod to the last unicorn." Mm. I started. I started well behind, and after rereading and listening as fast as my lazy ass can manage, I am nearly caught up to the live episode drop. So, Suze, I hope this was your first live episode and you got to hear us read your comment. Um, uh, Sweet Malizia says, Roteland would need a pirate live ship ride that goes back and forth. It could be Paragon, and he's threatening to kill you all, which I think is in the same spirit as Jenny's idea for the Paragon ride. So we'll make it swing and flip over and try to drown you. Yes. Yes. Great. (laughs) I like it. Okay. Then we got two emails in a row from two people named Georgia. I did not know Georgia was such a common name that we have two Georgias who listen to us. So the first Georgia email we got is from Georgia who lives uh, in Sweden. It says, hi, I'm a Greek auntie living in Sweden where your forest is. And I found this podcast recently. Hello. Which made me glad because I need to have a second opinion on all the rapiness in the live ship, uh, live ship trilogy. Thank you for that. You did not disappoint. And I am in constant need of stuff to listen to while gardening. I'm new to the Elderling world. I've listened through the audiobooks this year. Again, gardening, except for the last trilogy. And I was a bit tired of the thing after the Rainwilds <laughs> for Lodgy, which is good. I like that. We uh, always seem to have to wade through endless vomiting on boats or dragon grooming sessions to get to the good stuff. And I mean, the good stuff is really good, but still. Um, also, that sweet, sweet prose that I admired in the first books has disappeared. I don't know if I agree with you there, Georgia. Has Hob forgotten? No, I don't think so. I think it's just a different genre, maybe. I don't know. Also, a different viewpoint. Am, yeah, a different view. Yeah, I think that really informs the way that it's 
you know. For sure, yeah. When you have a lot of POVs. Fitz is also a bit of a scholar, right? He's a, a poet. Is he? I think he wants to be. Well, that he doesn't mean he is. he is. I want to be a millionaire, but I'm not. He's a memoirist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Memoir. Memoir. Um, also, I'm too old to read about horny teenagers and the weird slut shamey bits. Well, you know, they're, they are horny teenagers. You're right. So I don't know if I will subject myself to the last trilogy, <laughs> which is back to Fitz. Jordan, yes. you should read no, that. no horny teenagers. Just back to Fitz being a fucking moron, which we yeah, love. You know, just classic rope. Um, <laughs> the next bit of this email is is a list of why Georgia doesn't like Molly, which again we agree. <laughs> You've found your people. <laughs> you found your people. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna skip the rest of that because it might be spoilery. Uh, but it also says, "P.S. I like how as a Gen Xer, I'm in the middle uh, between Boomer Hob and you Millennials, and I share. How do you know we're Millennials? How could you tell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I share the exasperations you often voice, but also the objects make perfect sense to me. And if you think you want to read this on air, go right ahead. Well, I just did. And then she sent a P.S. Um, two things I meant to add but forgot. Uh, first, taking bee stings out with your teeth. If you work with your hands and have no nails, then yes, you do use your tongue to feel uh, and your teeth to take out the stingers and tiny splinters. Your fingers would be useless. Uh, remember, Chaucer did, did it in A Knight's Tale. That movie is amazing. Yes, I love that movie. Uh, other thing was a review on Goodreads of Ship of Magic. Here is my screenshot of my favorite part. It says, and quote, this is not Georgia. This is just a screenshot. Uh, it says, in addition, it felt like Hobb was trying very hard to create a story for women. Yes, capitalized. I don't mind women being protagonists or even that they are the majority of point of views. That's fine with me. But it seemed as though she was going out of her way to show women in all of the varying roles and types that they come in from young to old, from proper to outlandish. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God forbid women see women in like multiple bunch roles. Of different things in the same place. <laughs> Too much. And they're just supposed to be in the kitchen. That's it. So Georgia signs off. Too much, I tell you. Uh, obviously, sarcasm. That was good. Oh, thank you. Georgia. <laughs> uh, and then we got another email from another different Georgia uh, that says, hi, friends. I found your podcast a few months ago, and I have basically listened to an episode a day every day and have finally caught up with you. <laughs> That's rough. Are you sick of us yet? <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to get to the Fitz and the Fool trilogy. I have been wanting to reread, but it hurts too much. So I'm glad I'll have some friends to share in my tears and frustrations Spoilers. at Fitz. It's just, it, that's just unexpected. I am a huge Hob fan and have well and truly lost count of how many times I have reread these books, at least once a year for the past 10 years. Damn. Whew. Oh my. Sometimes I just pick up the story at random spots and read on. I do that with Golden Fool. Um, I will never get enough of this realm. It has sheltered me in many a storm throughout these years. I don't personally know anyone who has read these books, so your podcast is a great comfort to me. I feel as though you guys are my friends. Jenny, with her insight and sharp memory. Eli's wisdom. I have wisdom. insight? Yes. <laughs> <And> Eli's <laughs> wisdom. Eli's wisdom. Yes. Are we sure she's talking about the right people? <laughs> <laughs> you said this is the wrong podcast. <laughs> All the same host names. Uh, Rachel with her tenacity and passion. Ashley's quirky humor and sassiness. 
Alyssa makes me laugh the most. Elena's soothing voice and critical thought. And Joey. Oh, Joey. Joey's everybody's favorite. <laughs> uh, I love hearing your theories and thoughts. Keep it up. Um, oh, this is good. And I'm going to read it in, in uh, uh, spoiler section, this next part. And that yes. catches us up with mail. No. The next one is oh. Jane. Jane. Sorry, there's we took a week off, so well, we've got a lot of you mail. You know, and we also had a week where nobody gave us mail, so thank God they came back in full force. Well, it, it has yes. to do with clearing out the, um, you know, the the substandard training methods that were being used in our, you know, bird uh, mail room. That's been taken care of. It is safe. <laughs> I was say, it I think mail Kim now. just diverted the messages we were supposed to get. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Kim's such a jealous. We're jerk. just getting the messages opened a week late. <laughs> uh, so our final email is from Jane that says, "Hi, Bucky Radio. I hope you are all doing well and taking care of yourselves. Since the start of the pandemic, I've been stacking up my to-read list with fantasy, genre, classics, and must-reads. However, I've noticed a disturbing trend of Western white male overrepresentation in authors." I've been making efforts to diversify my reading list, and it is unfortunately a lot harder than I hoped. I was wondering if any of you all have a fantasy story, uh, novel, epic series, comics, anything from women, um, by POC, LGBTQ+, non-Western, underrepresented perspectives. Uh, thanks in advance, Jane. So I think Alyssa made a list for you. I did, because <laughs> I'm a librarian, and that's the only thing I do is make lists about books. So here's some reader's advisory for you. I narrowed it down to eight. Is that too many? I don't know. The book series that I always <laughs> recommend to people, or the author, I should say, is Ji Yang, who goes by Neon Yang now. But um, they wrote the Tensorit series, and it's uh, she, they're a non-binary queer author, and it's non-Western LGBT fantasy. It's great. They're very short books, very easy to get through. Um, if you want a comic... When I Arrived at the Castle by Emily Carroll is a little spooky and a little spicy, and she's a lesbian author. Um, the Winter Night Trilogy by Catherine Arden is Russian fantasy um, with a female protag. Um, it's, if, I don't know if you're a YA person, but Tamara Pierce is an absolute staple for anybody. Everyone should read Tamara Pierce. Um, N.K. Jemison is an amazing yes. black fantasy author. Um, I have another comic, Witch Boy by Molly Ostertag. Um, K.S. Veloso is an author I just discovered. She's Filipino-Canadian, and she writes a book called The Wolf of Orin Yarrow, and that's on my shelf right now. And finally, Woman World by Aminder Dhaliwal is the best comic book I've ever read, and it's the funniest thing ever, and I highly recommend that one. And that's my list. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Cool. Thank you, Alyssa. Right. I took notes. <laughs> I'm glad that we have a librarian to jump in when we get Rex. I mean, we could we, we can, can all make our yeah. Rex, what, what, I know if that. You I know. more. Well, I would say if you're um, for for some female uh, science fiction, you really uh, can't go wrong with Anne Leckie, Martha Wells, or Take It Back Old School, and uh, Hit Some Joan Vinge. Um mm. Yeah, like the Snow Queen is a very unusual um, science fiction, and it has, I mean, it, it kind of reads as a fantasy book. It's its one of those 70s, like, conglomerations where it's both at once, kind of like Dune was. 
Um, but mm-hmm. it's definitely got an interesting uh, female, strong female perspective. So, yes, uh, I guess my Rex would be, of course, CJ Cherry, a lesbian science fiction master who also dabbles in like fantasy that's got a sci-fi edge. Um, and in terms of comics, I am currently obsessed with Covenant. I don't know if anyone ha- reads Webtoons, but uh, it is about uh, super gay uh, priests and demons. You can find them. Yeah, it's Covenant on Webtoons, and uh, I follow them on Twitter under ExplodiKid, E-X-P-L-O-D-I-K-I-D, and they are LGBTQ, so enjoy that. Um, any other recs? I don't read enough. That's <laughs> all right. I don't finish anything. I, I can say I someday I'm going to finish the Poppy War. All right. Then let's go into our uh, our readings. We've taken long enough. Let's do chapter five. Should we take um, the leap? Sorry. I'll, I'll show. I'm, I'm going to formally apologize for the fact that my computer fan is still going crazy and it's not going to stop because my room is too hot. And I have everything closed on my computer except for this stuff, and it's just, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. So, alright. Chapter 5. Taking the Leap. So, the latest attraction in Roteland is the mudslide to the dragon launching bridge where you get thrown out (laughs) over the water to see if you can fly. Everyone else has tried out the slide, <laughs> except amazing. our two smallest dragons, and ride managers, Cedric and Carson, are having a bit of difficulty getting them on, because Relfta is not about to get nasty cold wed mutt on her designer scales and wings. And Spit is not being helpful. He's engaging in a little pigtail pulling, because someone's got a bit of a crush and is trying not to show it, instead just trying to scare her. Carson is tired and not having it, so he casually shoulders Spit onto the slide, and down he goes, but if he's going, he's taking Carson with him. They tumble and roll all the way down the hill and end up in a muddy mess. But they're cheering and enjoying themselves all the same. They like it, the being dirty and going fast down the hill, Relpta questions, confused, <laughs> and Cedric is all same, Relpta same, and then tries to cautiously sidestep down the hill but ends up falling anyway. Carson and Spit think this is hilarious, but Cedric is just trying to frantically clean his elderly robes of mud, which actually works pretty well. He's gleaming again in no time, and Carson is calling him beautiful and saying he should wear beautiful things, even if he doesn't feel comfortable in them himself. And Cedric and Spit both approve of his meat-smelling clothes, and Cedric is suddenly uncomfortable that Spit is privy to far too many of his thoughts, and I feel like he and Fitz should have a conversation about that. Uh, Relfta, on the other hand, is way too smart for these boys. She's not getting dirty if she doesn't have to. Who needs that launching bridge? She's going to fly straight from here. Uh, She backs up and then... Runs to, to the edge and leaps off. Cedric is horrified and afraid, but Relf has got this. She's flying. Hooray! But Spit can't let her do this without him, so he gets out his fast pass and pushes his way to the front of the line and then leaps off the bridge after her. They both make it, not just barely across the river, but soaring all the way over, er, but all the way to soaring above Kelsingra. Relfta is flying higher than, and Spit is trying to catch up with her, and Cedric is concerned that he thinks. Uh, he means her harm, but Carson is all city boy, because apparently flirting is different in the Brain Wilds than in Big Town, and then he kisses him. So, uh, from happy Cedric and Carson, we had to Hest. Hooray. Uh, 
<laughs> he thinks he's doing great at the very least, using his charm to chat up a woman at the tea shop and get himself all the hot gossip about Tarman and the Cooper's family because this girl hates Malta and Rain a lot. <laughs> he gets bored though and decides it's time to head back to see how Redding got on with the deal. Spoiler alert, not well. Mm. <laughs> First, Tess is pissed because the door is blocked when he gets to his shitty little room and the audacity of Redding to have tried to lock him out. It was only a few hands of children, gosh. He finally manages to push the door open slightly, and he's grabbed by the throat by our good friend, the Chalcedian assassin, come to make Hess suffer more. Good. Turns out, uh, Synod Arich's dead body is blocking the door, and I'm thrilled because it means I never have to try and pronounce his name <laughs> awkwardly again. <laughs> Hess is horrified, especially if he might get the blame for this, but no time to worry about that, because guess who else is dead? Redding! Hess sees him laying on the bed, and he's all, is he hurt? Will he be alright? And the Chalcedian is like, no, he's all dead. Which I thought was a great response. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Chalcedian, please get a name, uh, is not pleased that Hess didn't follow the exact rules he gave him. He was supposed to come alone and do all this himself. So now Redding is no more, and the assassin still wants those dragon parts, and Hest is, like, minorly, potentially useful in that endeavor, so it's back to the boat that, oh yeah, the assassin was on the whole time. But first, it's time to cut up some faces and dispose of some bodies and write some tricksy letters. Speaking of letters, bird mail. Veronica Vestrit is not happy. She writes to whatever incompetent bird handler is accepting messages in Kasserik, an excellent new name for a dear friend Kim. <laughs> she wants him to know that she knows what's up and his days as a keeper are numbered. Time to stop being such a disgrace, Kim. Kim has met the ultimate Karen in Karen Veronica. <laughs> right? She's not having it. Uh. I'm CCing your boss and my boss and all the bo- and I'm posting it. I'm making flyers <laughs> to be posted in the Caseric Traders Council, you know, b- bulletin board. <laughs> it's like it's in the Facebook group. It's on that neighborhood app. It's everywhere. But, but here's Just the thing: it's like it's like sending the note to the person you're accusing, and then being like, "Also, can you please copy this and put it up in?" <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you know, who does? I say that? we give this guy a name. Should we call him Cal? The Calcidian. The, the, my Calcidian. Your my pal. How about said? No, we have too many of those. <laughs> the kill. Yeah. The Calcidian. How about Dean? The, the <laughs> Dean. <laughs> that's, that's in there. <laughs> the Chelsidian. Oh, that's pretty good. Good. All right. So Dean the assassin. Yes. <laughs> Love him. Assassin. Assassin. I like it. All right. Oh, I don't know what Hest was thinking. I mean, what the fuck did he, <laughs> this man tried to poison or did poison him and try to. He poisoned him just for shits and giggles. And he's like, yeah, I'll just do everything he told me not to do. And then it'll just be like totally fine. And I, how dare Redding be mad at me? It was just a prank that I made you do a crime. I like when you figured out that Dean was on the yeah. phone. He was like, you were there the whole time? He's like, yeah. What's your point? <laughs> yeah, player. Yeah. Like, I know these books were written before YouTube was totally what it is now. But he really is like one of those fucking dumb YouTubers that <laughs> um, make the... 
hacker videos like oh i can't believe it they were watching us the whole time he's doing the cinnamon challenge yeah <laughs> bleeding out the eyes i mean i i really i can't how how can is it pop, how could he get stupider but yet i know because nothing bad has ever happened to him well that's yeah, about I to guess. change <laughs> right uh, it's like things bad things are happening to him now Right, but he's not equipped to even like recognize that it's happening because nothing has bad has ever happened to him. Yeah. I just really loved when he's like, Oh, Redding's taking a face down nap with a little bit of blood on him. <laughs> Come on, Redding, get up. Get up, Redding. He's like, I cannot I comprehend mean, Oh, and then and then his first like thought was like of like, you know, him and Redding having sex, like, well that that can't happen but that's what we did get up running it's like wow you still can only connect to people on like what they can do for you with you to like please you yeah even when they've even when they died <laughs> uh, <sighs> there's just there's a lot i mean i don't know i again this all goes back to the duke of chelsea being like overpowered little like he's like a very scary old man who can't actually hurt you <laughs> but is destroying yeah. everything yeah has convinced everyone that he can hurt you <laughs> well i mean he can clearly hurt his fam and, their yeah. families because he's got guys for that but if right, someone but if just... these guys would just go on but it would strike. take like five I know. people just yeah, like knock him like five over people be like yo let's just break. like yeah you don't even have to try exactly yeah Push him off of his little, <laughs> his little carry cart, Jimmy, and he just like turn into a puddle. I mean, tell him, tell him he has to feed himself from now on, and like he'll <laughs> die in a inside of a day. Like it's fine. Like you have yeah. to walk to get somewhere. There's just a lot of mayhem that is being created, pretty much now all over the world for this guy, and he's really not worth it in any way. Right? I mean, Chelsea, like, uh, okay, so Dean is only doing this to pro presumably save his family. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mm -hmm. want child hands as a yeah. gift. Right, he doesn't want child hands as a gift. Specifically, the child hands. He's fine with other child hands. Yeah, he doesn't want his child's hands. Child hands never worn. <laughs> I like that he was sad that Pagasti had died beforehand because he was sure he was going to recognize his hands child's hands <laughs> yeah he's like oh damn that was gonna be a good one <laughs> i mean it's it is a classic example i think of like if abuse is being heaped onto you that you you want an outlet for that um and there are you know there there are people who um funnel that into heaping pain onto other people and you know that was why he wanted Bigosti to see it so that he you know he could heap pain onto Bigosti before he killed him yeah I mean that's they all believe I mean at the end of the day they believe in this this chain of command whatever this power structure is it's mm -hmm. they it's part of their identity they can't get out of it it's the same thing that happens in Jamalia yeah and, you know, I mean, we even see this with, like, Fitz in the other books. It's like, was, at the end of his life, was Shrewd a good ruler? Or was he just kind of being propped up by a lot of other people? 
who were willing to do terrible things in his name. I mean, that's a good... I mean, we like Shrewd. He's not, like, eating people, but... <laughs> it's the same sort of, like, ruling problem. Uh, what else happened? Oh, right, the dragons are learning to fly. Yay, Relta. Yeah. I'm very proud of her. I'm glad she got in the air, finally. Yeah. And that she found her own way to do it. She's like, I'm not sliding down this fucking mudslide and getting dirty, yeah. and I'm not going over that fucking bridge. I'm gonna do it myself. And then she did. The beautiful Copper Queen. She flew. Yeah, but then Spit wouldn't leave mm -hmm. her alone. She Like, yeah. come on, Spit. She, I like that the two grumpies are paired off there. <laughs> I just like that, you know, Cedric and Carson's dragons are like a thing and they're a thing. It's cute. Yeah, I thought that matchy -matchy. I, I was kind of like, oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Do do we think that the humans uh that their humans being bonded influenced that at all or was it more that they were the two runts and spent a lot of time together already so they had some weird bond and or aren't sure the others would really accept them as full dragons thing? I mean, I think it's possible. We did we have seen how Relpta kind of shared Cedric's intellect a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And Spit clearly knows everything that's going on. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know how, how much that is the case anymore now that they've developed more, but it certainly seemed to be the case earlier. Yeah. I like that we have a very clear description of what Carson is wearing <laughs> at all times. Meat, meat clothes. <laughs> I'm picturing... I'm picturing leathers. I'm picturing... I'm just picturing him in that Lady Gaga dress. That's made <laughs> <of me>. <laughs> <laughs> Spit would be into that. He's still splattered in blood from the most recent kill. It's just it's nice. He's just basically marinating yeah. in it. He's, I'm not pretty enough to wear pretty clothes, so I'll just keep wearing this meat dress. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this idea because I feel like your actual you know, relative attractiveness for whatever scale you're using has should have nothing to do with the clothes that you get to wear. You know, like, especially if they're the only clothes in town. Like, you go to the one store in Kelsingra, <laughs> the rest of your clothes, this comes up again in my chapter, the rest of your clothes are a rotting pile of rags. But you're not attractive enough to wear the spandex sparkle robe. To be fair, it's the only to thing. Be fair, his clothes probably aren't rotting because he's just making new ones out of his kills. So, right, but they don't have a sewing machine, so is it just kind of like, you know, they don't have elderling assless chaps, okay? That's just <laughs> He just he's look. really grown fond of like the beige look and he's not ready for sparkles. I mean, but is this like the, you know, uh quest for fire? Is it just like tied around his neck and then like, you know, a loincloth like beastmaster? It's like a like, poncho. Picture barbarian invasion weekend at a ren fair. That that's how I think I'm it's I think it's like a poncho he like he just it. it's a really long thing and then you just cut a neck hole and then like belts it with some like vines or something. Wow, I would totally be wearing a sparkle robe, but that's just me. You know what? 
He has options, and he chose what he chose. <laughs> <laughs> he's he is loyal to a designer. I guess we need to be okay with that. But he's the designer. <laughs> well, hey, you know that's he has prerogative. he has. A very clear perspective on what works for him, okay? All right. I think let's go to chapter six. I need to get this chapter over with in my mind. Okay. Um, it's, it's a lot. All right. Chapter six, Dragon Blood. Today, in gross old men who don't want to let go of power and will literally sacrifice every iota of dignity, self-respect, and common decency to cling to it, you know... Duke of Chalced, we come to the sack of bones and hatred, strategizing to keep his number one goon from getting too full of himself with this whole dragon man slave thing by disparaging the quality of the merchandise. Oh, he looks sick. Can he really cure me? Oh, it talks like a human. Is this even an elderling or did you get had like a loser? <laughs> Poor Selden is trying to introduce himself and play the Kyle card and the Bingtown Trader family card. But newsflash, <laughs> no one in Chalced thinks anyone is worth paying attention to besides the Duke. We get a bit more of Selden's story, sold out by his own crew of traders. Gods, what's happened to the whole a trader's word is his bond. We stick to our contracts ethos. Either that or Selden signed a shit contract and didn't read the fine print about how if the expedition hadn't turned a profit in 12 months, his life and or body was the price for that. Anyway, the old Duke definitely still wants to engage in some light cannibalism as well as keep Elec on the right string. Hopefully... Hopeful of his aspirations, but not confident enough to actually assassinate the Duke. He finally accepts the gift of the Dragon Man, as long as his daughter Chasim... Ch how are we saying it? Chasim? Chasim? Kasim? Uh, I, I say Chasim. I say Chasim. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you like. Chasim? That's what I'd say. Yeah. How's the audiobook do it? Chasim. Okay. Sounds, sounds like Chasm. All right. As long as his daughter Chasim will nurse him back to health... Mostly so no one else will poison him, despite Elec's ambitions. And then Elec will be given the chance to visit both of them. Hmm, how lovely. We catch up with Tintaglia flying toward Trahog in a lot of pain, but making it work because it's just one lap to go. And at the end of it is a dragon spa day with Malta and Rain and Selden singing songs. She hopes they're all still alive and not too old to help her, what with their puny human lifespans and everything. But who knows, really? Finally, she reaches her destination and makes a not very graceful landing on the dock, definitely breaking some of the boards and setting a couple boats adrift. Whatever, it's just human stuff. Queens don't have time for that. <laughs> Imagine her surprise when none of her elderlings are there and none of the humans want her there. They're mad about the docks and the boats for some reason. Then Mama Kuprush shows up and tells her that Rain and Malta have left and Selden is lost in the four winds. Imagine her even greater surprise when the rest of the humans would rather kill her or run her off than give her any help. Johnny finally manages to get a thought sent privately to Tintaglia. Rain and Malta are in Calcingro with the other dragons. Now go before blood is shed. Tintaglia uses the bouncy dock like a trampoline to launch into the sky and keep <laughs> flying despite her pain. <sighs> Goddamn long chapter, short straw yet again. Then we get Leftrin on the deck of Tarman, just coming into sight of Kelsingra. They see dragons in the air, and Tilleman and Hennessy are flirting, and the baby's crying puts a damper on the whole crew. But hey, at least the little guy's still alive. Spit flies in toward the impervious boat that is still following them, and its crew is totally dumb enough to try and shoot some arrows at him. Spit might be a nasty little drake, but he rolls with friends. 
Half a dozen of them, all circling the impervious ship as if deciding what to do with it. Spit tries to spray it with venom, and Merkor knocks him off course so it hits the river, not the ship. The impervious boat captain gets them under sail back down river as fast as he can, with the dragons chasing them all the way. Uh, Birdmail, Kefria to Johnny. Dear readers, I still exist and still serve no narrative function. Johnny, <laughs> we know there is no privacy in bird mail, so send anything you don't want everyone to know about with a live ship. Anyway, I need some answers on Malta because she isn't communicating right now. Also, Wintro said he heard of a dragon boy being exhibited in a traveling display but couldn't track down anything solid. Tell me if you've heard anything. I want to be like, Kefria, what was the stuff that you couldn't say? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Also, confirmation that Wintro is definitely shacking up. At, yeah, at the end. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the, dra- the, the the pirate queen's, queen's consort. consort. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> so those reading lessons. His first crush. Yeah. Hmm. I thought Fivation, oh. her big titties, was his first crush, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then she got real mean, You're so right. we sung with her. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so Selden uh, is uh, still trying to convince people he's human by saying, I'm human. Uh, <laughs> <Poor> I... <laughs> it's just weirdly not working. It's working out great. <laughs> he's just got a little sticker that says, human, 100% human. No, oh, guys, have you heard of Kyle? Kyle? <laughs> no. Duke of Chelsea. You, you know Kyle. He went to school with did you. Did you know my dad? Did you know my dad? He moved away when he was young, but did you know him? All, they, they all know each all other. All Chelseadians know each other. <laughs> Blonde, tall, bit of a dick. <laughs> probably get along. <laughs> Nope, none. Mm. Why? I love the the inner monologue. Is like, why would you eat? Why would you try to claim that you're part Chalcedian? That's crazy talk. <laughs> Clearly, a dragon man. So clever, so deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> Telling me exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's the whole like. It's very dehumanizing, and we saw that with Wintrow's story as well. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, you're actually just an animal, and I want to eat you, but you're sick right now, so I guess I'll just wait till you're not sick, and then I'll eat you. Ugh. What? <laughs> <laughs> and Selden can't figure that out? He's not, like, he's not picking up what... Doesn't he speak the language? Right? <laughs> like... I mean, how how many how many awful people does he have to meet, who, like, don't talk to him? Like they talk about him, they talk around him, but they won't talk to him. They won't dialogue with him, you know. And then they put him in a cage. Like, how many awful people does he have to meet to realize that, like, they don't see him as a person anymore? I mean, props right. to him for like holding on to hope and for holding on to his like I'm gonna at least act myself like a man but you know i don't know this guy worships tintaglia his perspective is (laughs) 
I'm just wondering if like, you know, the, the thing, I don't understand how people can say the, the things that they're saying around him without him realizing what's going on unless he just doesn't speak Chalcedian. And that's shocking to me. I mean, I get it. Like, that's like one of like the, you know, things that a lot of my immigrant friends are like, they grow up and they don't speak the language at home. I mean, he was but, like you know, either like, three mm. or seven or whatever age he was in those first <laughs> So, you know, I mean, he probably, you know, didn't Maybe learn it. He was, he was the third child. They probably would, he probably wasn't speaking it by then. He's got like a heavy, heavy being town accent. And they're like, yeah, sure, you're Chalcedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, I, when I read his kind of like timeline of events, I was like, did I miss like a book? <laughs> did I miss a whole book where he got betrayed and sold and all that stuff that happened? Pirates were involved. Right. Yeah, we skipped some of that. Like, Selden had like, a all major I remember adventure. Is that you were on a ship, and there were two boys talking to you. That's really it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he's to lying. To be released for Lagi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we saw a bit before that where he, where he was just like on display as the Dragon Man in the Freak Show, and then he was on the boat. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. we missed the the pirate That's part correct. and the betrayal part. But also, Wintrow hears that and is kind of like, that's concerning, but doesn't do anything right. about it. It takes yeah, him a like long that's... time to send that note unless Kim has been hoarding it the whole time. It's possible. It is very possible. It is very possible. Kim is being paid off by the Chelsteans, so. But also, like, I don't know, Wintrow, you have a live ship. You're the Pirate Queen's consort. You have a spy network and a lot of trading contracts and like yeah you think paragon's just like oh okay selden's missing that's fine with me yeah like no like you you he you know you know that he was sent off in the world to go find dragons and then the next and then you hear it about a dragon boy being exhibited i don't know like maybe investigate that <laughs> just a thought Metro's <sighs> <sighs> busy <laughs> um i like that uh i like that johnny shows up and i think it's in this chapter where they say that she looks bad or is it in another chapter says she looks old i was like bitch (laughs) you can't even tell how old anyone is it's rude i love when she whenever she's just like Oh, I wonder if these people will still be alive because you know it's been so long and you know they have such short lives. I'm like, it's been like three years. <laughs> like, <laughs> she doesn't know that. Her dragon time constructs are just weird. Like I just don't understand. Yeah, I really don't either because honestly, I think it really. I, we've said this before, but I think it really is because they have so many lives layered mm-hmm. that they just can't. They don't even true. know what is their memory. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. has to be it, because otherwise these dragons have to live for, like, 10,000 years to consider a human life kind of a blink. Because, um, yeah, I mean, even if they live a 1,000 years, like, humans can live 50 mm. to 100 pretty pretty easy. You know, that's not, that's it's still a 20th to a 10th of, of a dragon's lifespan. That's not a blink, you know, so that there, there has to be something beyond that. But I don't, I don't. Then the time, if the dragons live like 10,000 years as individuals, then the whole like 
then none of it makes sense with the timelines of like generations of dragons and elderlings and um it just societies change more quickly than than that would allow for so finally tarman is back yay uh Tintaglia is uh, bleeding, not doing great, but she's almost there. And then we skip to Kelsingra. Tarman is back. And I don't understand this whole dragon tornado thing. <laughs> is this like a summoning? Dragonado. Why? Next on sci-fi. Why? My, here's my thing. What's Murkor's problem? He doesn't want to destroy the boat because it could be useful. I guess so, but they are trying to shoot at him with an arrow, so. <laughs> yeah, I would have just taken him out. I don't know. Yeah. And or, then... or at least given them a little bit of an acid bath. Not like a huge one. Just like, stop that. I assumed, assumed that the dragon tornado was like a flock of crows circling a, you know, like a soon-to-be-dead person. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. You know, they're just kind of like going around in a circle yeah no i think that's what they're doing i think they're like circling over and it's very scary and but why i guess they're arguing so they're arguing amongst themselves about what to do with these impertinent humans and but... Murkor doesn't want them to start a war probably yeah a war they could win really easily <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they barely have a dock. They're in an in- unassailable city, and they can spit acid that liquefies people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get that Tintaglia is an illustration into what exactly they're risking when they go up against human beings, but Tintaglia was on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, could be lessons on how to fight humans don't don't get on their level. happened in this one not a lot really it was just it was a lot of talk and not a lot of action a lot of like people moving though Mm -hmm. so we've got a lot more of our characters are again getting to the end of the book starting to come all together into the same spot yes the convergence the convergence the bingtown convergence only this time it's in kelsingra (laughs) all right let's go on to uh city dwellers City dwellers. The keepers are having trouble settling into Kelsingra, so naturally they all sleep in a filthy corner together like a family of rats. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dragons are having an eternal spa day, rolling in sand and making a mess. A direct quote from Centara, quote, I love sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Have I made this joke before? I Honestly, I can't keep track. Um, full circle. I, <laughs> truly, full circle. Thymara grooms Centara, and they talk about how beautiful Centara is and how pretty women are and how ugly drakes are, and please, Robin, grant me one lesbian. Just one. Instead of manifesting anything good, they talk about the usefulness and the dependency of the elderlings and how they would help the dragons gain access to silver. Centara mentions a golden well. Later, Thymara asks Elise about it, and Elise says she has no idea, dude, but she did have a dream where she was looking for a silver well. Maybe the bronze well is where we'll find women who are in love with other women. 
(laughs) (laughs) Through a conversation between Thymara and Tats, we get a rundown of what everyone is up to with their memory walks. For example, Syl found a minstrel performance and also follows rich women's memories home so she can go steal their stuff. (laughs) Carson is trying to become an architect and engineer, and Thymara and Rapscal go watch porn together. So yeah, everyone is really contributing. (laughs) We learn that Tats also had a dream about a well. The well itself wasn't silver, he says, but when you cranked a bucket from the depths, it was full of silver stuff. Dragons can drink it and love it, but I had a feeling it was dangerous to humans. That's because it's liquid mercury, (laughs) Thymara replies. (laughs) Then they argue about Rapscal and whether Thymara really has control over her own life because she's not doing what Tots wants her to be doing, which is smooching him instead. We've seen this. (laughs) Meanwhile, in Chalced, Selden takes one look at the haircut Chasim has given him and says, Why do you hate me? Selden finally learns what the reader knows, that his scales are tasty chips, and his fingers are little finger sandwiches, and he is a decaying fucking snack. Well done, Selden. Really, the most shocking information in this chapter was that the Duke of Chalced's name is Antonicus Kent, which has all the spice of a Caesar salad. (laughs) Chasim held a hope of Antonio dying and assuming the throne herself, but Elec is her fiancé, and she's pretty much locked in this room forever, so goodbye, dreams. She confides to Selden that she's not allowed to even one Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich, and they sent them a ton to Selden to eat, and they had sent her some plain French fries, but if they work together on this dinner, maybe they could have one perfect meal, girl, please. (laughs) (laughs) Bird? Yes, mommy sent him a telegram. <laughs> She's like, don't worry, I lied to your father. <laughs> <laughs> Who is pissed? And also two of my favorite cartoon characters, Lizzie Sebastian Marzipan and Isthmus Porty's engagement has been broken off. Unthinkable that yet another shitty man had a secret family. Bring home some purple flame jewels, you poor baby XOXO mummy. Shout out to uh, Chasm's amazing self-designed and executed outfit in which she looks like an egg. I've also seen some pretty cool Benny Gesserit uh, fan art that lo- also looks that way. So that's how I Chasm is now Benny Gesserit in my mind. Mm. And I mean, they do keep Selden. calling her a witch, so not Selden not needs wrong. to. Yep, Selden needs to snatch that up. Yeah. So are we? Uh, are, are I mean, I I hate I hate to I hate to put like every male female, you know, on page together. Like, oh. Is this going to be a romance? But like, are we shipping them? Because I, I think I might be shipping them. <laughs> we are in a no. romance novel. She will murder him. <laughs> she. I she's fully hungry. believe that Chasm will murder every male she's ever put in front of, like a fucking female praying mantis. Okay, like <laughs> that's that's hidden under. No one knows what's hidden underneath the. It's <laughs> all the extra legs. She's gonna taste that chicken sandwich and be like, "Oh, I wish I had more meat." <laughs> 
that whole dinner situation, I was like, man, that's totally fucked. She only gets like veggies and shit, and she's oh, I really would like some of that. That looks so good. I need to get stronger. I need protein for building muscles for all the extra arms I have hidden inside my egg body. I don't know. I feel like Selton just goes from like, it's like he's leveling in a video game, but he is on story mode. So he's just really unprepared for anything that's going to happen to him when invariably story mode suddenly switches off and he needs to fight a boss. It's going to be like, (laughs) how did I get here? Everyone's very powerful and I am, I am, I have no bones in my body and I need vitamin D. That's okay. Neither does the Duke. It'll be a good good matchup they can just like you know hurl their boneless arms at each other a featherweight class fillets of beef they'll just toss them (laughs) at each other's faces (laughs) uh so what do we think about skill we have encountered this silver uh substance my man dipped his arms in it so now we know. So where did it go? Where it is was... that? Where is that? Sorry. I thought he dipped his arms in the river in this town in Kelsingra. I, I think I think you might be. Onto so where's something. where's that dipping pool? Where's the sauce? I don't know. <sighs> they need to open different doors. Look right. around some more. There's Follow the richest woman home. Explored. Follow the richest woman. <laughs> what they need to do is stop uh, watching the memory stones of uh, stupid humans. Yeah, to, I agree. You have to find they need all to be the stalking humans. elderlings, not the dum dum. Right. Well, regulars. I mean, the I guess presumably they are all elderlings. Do we think the, it was all pure elderlings there? And the humans are all just the servant class. I kind of figured that, that it was, like, a lot of elderlings, but then, like, some regular-ass bitches up in there, too. Right. Somebody has to be cleaning the toilets. Mm-hmm. And it's not elderlings. Yeah, but the humans weren't putting <laughs> memories into memory stones, so... Oh, yeah. Well, maybe they need elderlings who tended dragons instead of elderlings right? who just existed as elderlings. Maybe it's, like, part of the neighborhood they're in. Like, they're in the arts district, and they really need to go down to, like, you know, the taking care of the dragons district. Yeah. (laughs) Do that research. (laughs) It's just a place called the Silver District, and they haven't actually located it yet. Right? It's just on all the maps that they refuse to look at. Yeah. Maybe Elise was onto something with that whole, we should map the city. That's where the table broke. (laughs) And catalog it. In the map tower. It's almost like there's a whole tower where you could go up there and look around and see what's There's happening. a flashing no. neon sign that says, Silver, here. It's too high. <laughs> silver, welcome to the Silver Well. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's a Muppet that says that. <laughs> where's that, silver. where's the Silver? There's going to be a Silverware Well, obviously, at Roteland. Mm-hmm. A Silverware Well or a Silver Well? <laughs> A silver well. Oh, okay. I, can say well. I would go for a silverware well. Do we let people bring like objects and dip it into the into the silver? Or is it just like an ice cream coating? Like you can get a dipped cone and it's silver. Well, I'm wondering if it should be a restaurant that is 
very difficult ah. to get a, a reservation for and those silver wells in the middle and then like you know at dinner time every day it goes off and you can watch the silver water flow while you're I'm eating. not trying mm-hmm. to have an elitist experience at Roteland I'm trying to make but as much silver. money as possible <laughs> <laughs> we'll make plenty of money without having the exclusive silver club <laughs> you gotta give something people something to aspire to, not just so you like, make it a scavenger hunt. By Paragon. Well, this is a this like, is how Roteland never comes to be because we're we're, we're reaching an impasse. You, <laughs> you you make you make a scavenger hunt to find the silver well, and yeah, so you just gotta be smart. Yeah, <laughs> I mean so I'm okay weeding people out by intelligence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you just get you get a, a map at the. A scavenger hunt map at the beginning of the day, and then if you find the silver well by dinner time, then you get in. If you're a Riddler. Yeah, Tentacle is gonna be like, you fucking dum dums. I'm so sick of your shit. I have this oozing wing. She's the one who's dumb. She destroyed it, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. The reason yeah. I can't find it is because she fucking knocked it, knocked it over, and filled it in. She's the dum dum. <laughs> That's what human hands are for. <laughs> Like fix this. A, I broke it. It's a good thing Carson's studying all that engineering. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they certainly can't import any of the engineers they used in uh Kasserik because those uh locks that they used for the serpents <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. they were not built to last. There was some there were some problems with that construction. Yeah, they're gonna have to um, redo all of that, by the way. Like that when these dragons actually start like I know, it's gonna again. happen again. Like, yeah. Hopefully And the then there's just gonna be even be more better. serpents. Or they should just find another place to cocoon. Why does it have to be that one eroded beach that doesn't work anymore? Because right. <laughs> that's just the way it is. The river here is acid. There's no beach. We don't fit. We all die. But let's just keep doing it anyway. There's no other beach in the whole world. Memories. This is this is the way. This is this is the way we have it in our memories. This is how we must always do it. Lockstep with memories. You know what they could do? They could they could level like a whole section of useless Kelsingra, grind it up into into like, you know pumice and make a new beach out of that's you know mud mixed with memory stone Mm. somewhere more accessible i'm saying we'll stick with the old way yeah (laughs) okay uh any other comments on chapter seven uh no i think that's it we don't need to talk about Thymara and her endless... <coughs> I can't. <laughs> we choose life. Okay, chapter <laughs> eight. <laughs> let, me, let me go grab a water really quickly. Give me two okay. seconds. Chapter eight, City of Elderlings. Elise is rudely interrupted from her latest bout of hyperfocus on elderling research in Kelsingra. What is it now? Not Rapskull coming to ask about belt buckles that were important to that character in that biopic that he can't stop watching. Again, I hate Rapskull. He told me I wasn't an elderling, and as an adult, teens scare me. Actually not. It's not Rapskull, Elise. It's Sylvie with the best news of your life. Tarman is back. 
Sylvie informs Elise of the dragon battle as well, which she apparently just didn't hear and tuned out. Uh, (laughs) While Elise decides that because Leftrin hasn't seen her in weeks or months, I don't know how much time has gone by, his standards of beauty will be reduced to alive and willing. So that takes the pressure off. Good thing, too, because there's no conditioner in Kelsingra and she's looking rough. Then there's several pages of a reminder about dragons and which keeper is which, and it doesn't matter. The keepers are all settling into their new lives as camping elderlings and availing themselves of all the wonders of the empty city. Rapskull can't stop talking about Call of Duty to anyone that will listen. And the dragons... The dragons don't rely on the Keeper so much to survive anymore, which is part relief because burnout is real and part disappointment because why won't the dragons love them? These details are not important, though, because Elise has arrived at their makeshift dock. Tarman pulls up to this dock like a New York City ferry swinging in to pick up passengers on the East River Roosevelt Island stop. They pull the same move, but here in reality, we don't have anchors, we have engines, but I pictured it exactly the same. Leftrin and Tarman think that this dock that Carson worked really hard on is absolute bullshit. So it's hop to get all the goods offloaded now. And before Elise can even say hi to Leftrin, she's put on Malta duty later. Leftrin communes with Tarman. They'll stay here as long as it takes to offload cargo. And then they're going to head right back across the river to the other safer, better ancient docks. And they worry about Efron, who desperately, Fron, we're just not calling him that, I see, anymore. Just calling him Efron. Who desperately needs dragon intervention, even if the dragons seem to be busy and extremely uninterested right now. Meanwhile, Elise has taken Malta and Efron straight to the dragon baths because, no offense, Malta, but that radiant elderling queen thing is having a real overboard moment. It's time to bathe. (laughs) Malta asks if the baths affect her like they did the other elderlings, which would make her more beautiful. And Elise is like, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, because you aren't covered in shit anymore. And and Efron also seems to benefit a little from the baths and is at least no longer crying. And privately, Elise thinks that he's the sickest baby she's ever seen. Elise settles the exhausted, ugly Malta and Efron into an empty motel room and then goes off in search of rain, last seen being mobbed by elderling teens intent on teaching him to shuffle. She finds rain in the makeshift alley kitchen where all the keepers uh, with Sylvie. No, what did I write? (laughs) She finds rain in the makeshift alley kitchen with all the keepers where Sylvie says, it's nice to see you wearing decent clothes instead of rags, as if Elise doesn't deserve to wear clothes because she's not an elderling. (laughs) So then it's off to Tarman and Leftrin, where she spies Thymara avoiding her suitors, Hennessy on Antilliman on a date, and Skelly about to go for a clandestine meeting. But who cares? It's time to make out with Leftrin while Tarman watches. <laughs> In bird mail, Rayal has sent to Tozy some extremely official, not at all written on the back of someone else's mail message that's telling her that all eyes are on them and a bunch of startups are trying to disrupt the guild mail system by getting each trading family their own set of burps. The guild has gone DEFCON 1. No extra mail. No extra birds. Witnesses. Even egg counting. It sounds like this job just went from great benefits and retirement packages to absolute garbage. The only thing that... The only thing that they have going for them is that Eric has bred the fastest pigeons ever alive. Birdmail Express. Go, Eric. Eric's a hero. That's how you stay. That's how you uh, stay ahead of those private companies. 
deliver better service. Yep. <clears throat> the bird mail scandal remains the best plot line. <laughs> <laughs> also, how lucky that Eric and Detozzi were able to <laughs> have their correspondence uninterrupted for so long. Since it took right? them how many years to come to the point? <laughs> well, they, they're, I mean, here's the thing, though, is like their livelihoods may or may not actually be. So we have this group of, of bird masters, right? And they're like, oh, no, if there other people have their own birds, there won't be any jobs for me. They're just going to get hired by other families. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it just it's it's a disruption, and it might not have the uh, the guaranteed benefits, but you know, you land somewhere safe right. with a good trader family and do right by him with your cool skills, you're gonna be fine. And if you don't get paid enough, then you just take bribes to open mail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Kim can do it, pay. They could actually probably make more money if they decided to fuck the guild over, but. <laughs> But these are like honest, you know, old-fashioned traders, the kind that we right? admire because they keep their word. So, It's true. It's true. They seem to be the only uh, guild currently in uh, Bingtown that does keep their word. Yeah, because it wasn't Bingtown and it wasn't um, Trehog that had the problem. It was right. fucking Nart Kim up in Kasserig. <laughs> Ruining everything for everyone. Uh, including Sneaky the bastard. reputation of the tattooed, like by the way, thank you, Kim. Right? <sighs> Kim sucks. So, also, Elise has noticed that Rapscal appears to be overriding his own personality with the personality of the his favorite porn star, Telator. <laughs> the worst yeah. Telator, not I'm... to be confused with Telamon or Tarman or Tillamon. Yeah, I am. I am. I am retracting my vote for Rapscal at this point. Like I did think yeah, about that. I was like, oh no. Weird. Yeah, because like I, because Raps, Rapscal himself is like, you know, he's a sweet kid and he's weird, but like in a good way. And Teletor and the whole like getting obsessed with like being a. I, I don't know, just like the Dragon Warrior thing is so, it seems so out of character for Rapscal, you know, who's yeah. like, you can fly, Heavey, you can do it. But it's just like, mm, I don't, I don't like this. Now Heavey's going to fight and kill. Teletor yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, Teletor sucks. Also, is, is Teletor real? Did they really have a dragon like army or was that a movie? Like I, it's what's reality? Oh, what that would be awesome! I love because, that theory. <laughs> well, just because it's like really, they they rode on the back of dragons and fought each other. That I don't see that happening. There's no memories of that. It's the porn anime. <laughs> That's what they're watching. <laughs> they're watching like some bootleg shit because like if dragons knew that they were making movies where they you know, had enslaved dragons as mounts or something they'd be like no that shit's that shit's getting erased that's what they used the stone them. dragons for yeah those were the stars that's true those there weren't they weren't real ask him what he calls his penis <laughs> you want to ride my stone dragon <laughs> oh what? no 
I'm upset. Shiny buckles. This has been Bucky Radio. I was Alyssa. No, I'm not anymore. But I mean, whatever it is, they made like art of it and hung it up in the map tower. But I, so I assume it's real. They did actually put harnesses on dragons and ride them into battle. Mm -hmm. But I think it's kind of weird that we have literally never had anyone talk about that. In fact, we've actually had dragons be like, it is a complete indignity to be ridden. Yeah. Well, they weren't talking about war. They were talking about being a taxi service. Hmm. I get maybe you're right. Maybe it's the intent that matters and not the not the small human on your back slash elderling. I'm sure it wouldn't be allowed to be a human. I think it's weird. I don't get it. I mean, it does make sense that all of these cities were somehow fighting each other for resources if there was some kind of calamity. Um maybe silver was the catalyst for that. <clears throat> Who knows? Well, if, if, it, if it was happening regularly enough that it made it into tapestries, then it was either, like, a hugely devastating singular event or a very regular event. Right, or it was just, like, that person's art, because it seems like everyone in this city was like, I'm going to record my day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole city of vloggers. <laughs> Dear diary. Dear diary. Um... Elise is reunited with Leftrin. Super cute. He was like, I can't be away from you ever again. Yeah, I liked that. And then it was like, P.S., are you going to get a divorce? And then she's like, well, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. We, I just want to live in the now. <laughs> so <laughs> That part was less cute. Like That part was a little yeah, like, Yeah, that's what we like to call a red flag. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, like the, the the I'm still married to someone else. Yeah, like that. I'll only... leave my wife. I pr- I swear. I yeah, swear. like that 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 works when you're actively like, yeah, the divorce has been filed. Like that 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 is happening. <laughs> Here's the paperwork. You can come to court with me. <laughs> Here's my thing. If she writes a letter and sends it and says, "I would like a divorce and I am never coming back," what are they gonna do? Not grant it? Like it has right. to be like she says she's never coming back. I need a wife. I need an heir. Please grant this divorce. Well, no, I think it's more about like the the settlement. The like what what would her What if she just says I don't need it? I don't want it. Would I, her family you know, owe release. something? Would they would there be reparations to Hest's family that her family would have to pay? Um if yeah. she, you know, so I think it's more that she knows that she has to have some kind of... Um... We'll just walk over to Sylvie's room, take a couple freaking flame jewels, and send it to your mom. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like that she's not problem solving. Actually, yeah. Like, no, that, I mean, I think... That's legitimately true. <laughs> I, Never mind. I think that the fact that Kasarik is involved, or not Kasarik, Kelsingra is involved, means that Hest is never going to, like... He's not gonna he's go got... quietly. Yeah, but, no, but she hasn't he thought about that wants... at all, though. Like that's not. She just doesn't want to face the scandal. The the only reasonable reason she would leave this filthy rich guy is because she's on a mile, like a mountain of money, and that's <laughs> that's all of, they like, can think. In that's, rags. <laughs> that's all they can think of in Bing Town. Right. That's true. Well, that's when you do a well placed placed bribe. You say, it's like, hey, do you want some cool tapestries? Some elderling tapestries? (laughs) 
She, yeah. Grant me my divorce and you might get some. Would you like an exclusive trading contract? They do need stuff. Yeah. I mean, come on. They couldn't even figure out. Here's the thing. Remember how she says, oh, it, it hurts me that they had to like pile up wood in the alley and cook their food that way because there's a perfectly normal kitchen that I can't figure out how to use. Are they just like. <laughs> that was so strange to me. I'm like, what do you mean you can't figure out how to use a kitchen? Like you make fire and you have the fire in the kitchen instead of having a fire in the alley. Right. So it me- must be just a lot of microwaves or something. She probably wouldn't let them use. make fire in the elderling things. It's like these probably work a different way. And I don't want you to like mess that up by your wood fires. It also points back to that people who were cooking food and cleaning things were probably not elderlings and then maybe yeah. weren't recording anything. Mm, yeah. They well, don't, they just don't the seem. Library. Yeah, they don't seem to have entries for how to work the kitchen. There's no instruction manual in the, like, walls of the kitchen. Right? Yeah, can't they just go stand in there and just, like, experience people using the kitchen and then be like, oh. Right? I have to turn this knob. I, it's like, oh, it's just, it's, just an, it's just like a regular, like, hob, like, stove. And they just don't know how to, like, light the pilot light or something. I don't know it's i don't know what i don't know what it, what it would look like how do you how do you make food with you know skill stone i mean it might be like you know how they have those like pots or kettles or whatever that just heat up by themselves it's probably something like that they just don't know how to turn it on right they yeah. don't know how to use the instapot it's just a series of microwaves and instapots but all the numbers are Worn out, worn away. It's just weird glyphs they don't know. So Malta and Rain have arrived at destination Dragon, and there are none. <laughs> Whoopsies. And we get yet another kind of sketch framing of motherhood from uh, from the author, uh, where it's where I believe Elise says, "Wow, all of her beauty had left her. <laughs> she was now just." A sad husk. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much every mother in their child's first year is always <laughs> going to look like a husk. So, I, I'm gonna, I'm, you know what? Do I need to post some pictures from when Tycho was a baby and disprove that? Like sometimes you really <laughs> glow with that, like heart forward. Oh, I've I mean, to be fair, she, she gave like birth in, in a brothel. And then killed a guy, and then had to <laughs> run to a I'm boat. I'm not saying Malta's had a good time. <laughs> and then was I'm stuck not... on this boat with this like she had her baby, baby, and 30 seconds later was running. Okay, so, yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. She's but not I, I, the bigger problem time. is that that. But no, I, I I will I will say this. Like the the bigger problem is that that Efren is a fucking fussy baby. He's like colicky and he's not thriving, and she's not getting any of the like oxytocin reward that makes it worth it. Because like it doesn't matter like that you spend two out of three hours with your baby stuck on your b- boob, you know, and they don't sleep unless they're eating or in your arms after they ate. It doesn't matter because when they're actually eating and they're growing and you like they look up and they have this curiosity in their eyes and like their cheeks are fucking chubby and fat and they're just 
it, 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 then you're like, I don't even feel how tired I am. I've never, literally, I've never been this tired in my life. I haven't slept more than 90 minutes in weeks. And I don't care because she's got a you're dying beautiful lizard and you're baby. alive and you're amazing. But right. she has a like a dying lizard, lizard baby who won't stop screaming. So she's not, not getting like that. Screaming. She's it's not like getting that emotional payout for it. Right, which yeah. which means to me that it's completely reasonable that Malta is not the gloriously beautiful elderling queen right now, and I feel like Elise yeah. is just being a little judgmental. I mean, what did Elise look like by the time they got to Kelsinger? Not great. Well, I mean, at the beginning of the chapter, Elise is like, "Well, I look like shit, but exactly. whatever." And then she has the gall to be like, "Wow, Malta's just not as pretty in person as I thought she would be." Like, or like, as last time I saw her in the good lighting with the, you know, with like the, the floaty orbs of light, gorgeous gowns and without the team, the red carpet team. Yeah. The glam squad was not there. Yeah. (laughs) Malta never calls it quit. So she needs to just stop that. Um... And then there was the commentary that they are the king and queen of, of the elderlings, and that's a big responsibility. And if they say the wrong thing to all these teenagers, they'll really disappoint them. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, go ahead and disappoint them. <laughs> I got bigger worries. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Oh, Lefteren has the audacity to, like, lecture Skelly about um, (laughs) exactly what he's doing. It's so stupid. You know, I just feel like, yeah, it's a little, the the hypocrisy is there, but also, like, Skelly is a young person who could maybe afford a reminder, you know? Yeah, she she is, like, what, 15 or 16, and, um... There's just, there's a, yeah. It, it... But the reason to... that Skelly didn't get to, you know, talk to her parents and, like, get out of the the uh, engagement is, or the understanding, it's not even an engagement, is because Lefteren was oh. like, we gotta go, we're leaving. Yeah, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking more about the uh, don't get knocked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't get knocked yeah. up and well... don't shirk your job duties, you know, talk. But, yeah. I don't know. All these people are sitting on a big city of money. I would not be all that concerned about Skelly's future. Seems like she is trading up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget about your job you signed on to do for life. (laughs) Even though I'm totally going to have a kid and kick you out as my heir to the captaincy of this ship, which we talked about in the last book. (laughs) Skelly needs alternatives. Yep. Ladies need options. Uh, I think that's really it for that. Do we want to move to chapter nine? Yes. Sounds good. Chapter nine. Passing ships. Hest is living his best life. He's working out. He's eating less. His hair has got that shine that you get when you finally learn to stop washing it every day. He's even got a nice glow from basking in the sun. Hashtag yacht life. 
<laughs> a smug Chalcedian logs off Twitter as Hest, at Hest is best and then tosses the cell into the river. Vacation, in truth, is not agreeing with Hest. Cut to Hest, locked in the hold of the impervious strip, traveling up the river, agonizing over the moments when we last left him. Hest had been forced to carry a sliced and diced redding through the free town, tree town of Kusserik. Man, I should put my glasses on. Uh... <laughs> And abandon him somewhere where he isn't likely to be found for a while. And then he has to dispose of all of the evidence they had uh, that they had ever been in the treehouse. The worst part was that all the while his mysterious captor sat there watching Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> in his dreams at night, Hess stares into Redding's dead eyes and ruined face while an insidious laugh track plays on. <laughs> After the dirty deeds, Hest has made to write letters to a bunch of local traders telling them to join him down by the docks for some fun, winky face. But when Hest gets to the docks, there is certainly no fun to be had. <laughs> He's immediately locked in the storage room. Before setting sail, they lock all the traders he wrote letters to down with him. <laughs> Coming up from the cracks like so many spiders, Chalcedians had poured out from up below the decks to take over the ship. Much like spiders, though, they had been wait hiding just out of sight the whole time, waiting to strike. And now this fully armed and operational ship of spiders is headed towards Kelsinga. <laughs> Luckily, Hess did not have to stay cooped up in the storage closet with all of those people he had told to go to the ship right before they got captured. Um, he instead spends his days playing maid for the assassin. And this is where we find him presently, in a shocking display of empathy... Hest's harsh treatment at the hands of the Chalcedian reminds him briefly of how he used to treat Cedric. But don't stay in that redemption arc just yet, because he starts fantasizing about how Cedric realizes how much he's screwed up, and then he's going to come swooping in on a vine with a gun blazing to save Hest. <laughs> One day, the Chalcedian ship encounters the other impervious ship coming back towards them downstream. The ship is pretty battered, and the crew is shouting for help. They're crying that they were attacked by dragons. Hest is then ushered into his closet before he can see more, but from his prison, he can hear the fighting above. He realizes that the other sh ship's crew knows the way to the dragons, and now the murderous Chalcedian is going to use that knowledge for his own end. High above, Tintaglia sees the two ships fighting each other. Initially, she's pissed. She's exhausted from her wound and starving. You're scaring off the game, you dunces. But then she smells it. Dragon venom is on one of those ships. It gives her just the boost in morale that she needed. This was the work of real dragons, and that knowledge drives her forward. Birdmail. Dear Malta, one of my pirates definitely <laughs> sold our brother into slavery. Love, Wintro. <laughs> a little belated, Wintro. <laughs> Thanks for the information, Wintro. Oops. Timing is excellent. So, <laughs> I have a question. Remember how in previous books we have been, the Chelsteans have been described as a fairly smelly crew of men. Yeah. Crew. Why can't they grizzly. smell these men hiding? <laughs> Where were they? They were like between the <laughs> floors. <laughs> like, 
why does my boat smell so bad so i think shit is very smelly in all of these books no matter where you are and it's just not talking about maybe they told him like that was just what the the tar smells like oh that's just that's the the tar that makes him impervious i mean this is a brand new ship right so it shouldn't stink that bad yet yeah i guess yeah there is that yeah maybe they actually bathed before they got on it's part of their camouflage (laughs) They're just painted like the deck of the ship and they just lay. I don't know. Not all Chalcedians, man. <laughs> Dean's not it's like that. that. He can like hide that. well. It's like that uh, the Always Sunny episode where Frank paints himself black and stands in the corner and no one can see him. <laughs> that show is so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to watch that episode before I go to bed. Oh, that's such a good one, right? <laughs> just, just play this whistle. Just play this whistle <laughs> when they come in and touch this button. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> um, so okay. For some reason, the Chelsea and pirates uh, don't smell bad, and they fit between the deck and the hold in a secret compartment that no one knows about. <laughs> Or or they're just standing around painted like things on the ship like a like rope or a steering wheel you know or the sky like a horizon you know they're just they're just really good at yeah like how do you fit like twelve guys on a boat that's ridiculous they just they are the cargo they're just in all the cargo boxes they might be that's that's a good idea it's like yeah I mean what are you moving yeah. I'm sure that's what it where they were, but it's also like, how was there that much room in this boat? Because aren't they supposed to be like super like not like I don't know super shallow in the water? They don't have a lot of storage yeah. space. They're for fast travel, not cargo. There's enough room for a Chalcedian crew to hide in boxes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, undetected. Must be all the drugs. Uh, Tintaglia, uh, wings still flapping. I think she might be at that point where it's like if she stops moving, she'll like probably never move again. So I'm glad that yeah. she got just keep that. flying, baby girl. You almost there, almost home. Mm-hmm. It's like half a day's flight from here. You got this. Six days if you have to walk up the river. Don't stop. Joey. Send Dean after him. <laughs> right? Chop <sighs> off your hands. Um, so they have all of these. They have all of these Bingtown traders. Bangatown. As, as hostages. And they're going to take them to Kelsingro where no one cares about them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they don't have do any stuff. birds to send a ransom mail. Plus, if they send ransom mail to Kim at Kasserik, it's not going to go through. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they were all traders that were going to, they had promised to bring dragon parts and sell them for Chalcid. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the Duke's not, does not getting his dragon parts, so yeah, I think it sounds to like there's going to be a delicious buffet for the dragons in the near future. I mean, they thought one archer was going to keep them safe. <laughs> so, I mean, what's yeah. the archer doing? Like, oh, that's a dragon. No, I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I got this. I got this. I'm real good. I got it. I got it. What's that tweet that you sent me about the guy who's like, I can confidently oh, yeah, one on? Yes. That's, <laughs> oh, shit. that's that energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Hest is that much closer to the wife who is very much avoiding him. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I mean, things will be dealt with. I just, I can't. Hest is one of those characters that, like, you think he can't get worse, and then he finds a way. Like Kyle. And I appreciate yeah. that Robin Hobb <laughs> does not do, like, hot villain redemption stories. She's like, this is the villain. <laughs> he will always be the villain. Anytime you it's marginally it. feel sorry for him, he just says something that's just so horrible. That you're just like, exactly. oh no, I still hate you. I just feel sorry for everyone that knows him. Like, I don't really feel sorry for him. I just feel sorry for his circle of friends. I mean, they might it, all be as terrible. Like, as he probably is. also shitbags. Oh yeah. Well, Up but until we don't know this that. chapter, he was like, at every wrong turn, he was still convinced he was going to get out of it and just be like, okay, yeah, I'll just, yeah, now now it's not going to be my problem anymore. Yeah. And and even in this, it's like when you start to like think, oh, maybe he's going to learn something and like acquire a bit of humanity. Then it then he like immediately starts blaming Cedric. Well, that motherfucking Cedric, if he hadn't promised these dragon parts, I wouldn't be in this. It's his fault. This was all Cedric's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you had treated him better, he wouldn't have needed to think that he had to get a whole bunch of money to make you love him. Well, even aside from that, like, how many of his own decisions played into where he is right now? Oh, no, he's in. That's an impossible ask. He would not. He can't. <laughs> I made no decisions. <laughs> I'm innocent. I am a victim of everyone else around me. <laughs> People didn't love me enough. People didn't. No. He's just he's awful. Without being Kenneth bad, he's awful. Well, but he, he I Maybe think, he's yeah, and worse he's... because he's like at least Kenneth was a man of action. At least he willfully made the choice. I'm just going to kill him. I'm just going to kill that guy. Right? <laughs> he was like, "Look, I, I'm a murderer." He could at least admit to himself, "I'm a bad man." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I don't know why things are working out for me because I'm a terrible person. Hess is just like I'm yeah. a great person. I don't know why nothing's working out for me. Right? It's like <laughs> kind of would be like all these people love me and I'm a bastard. I don't get it. Hess is like I'm so beautiful and perfect. Why won't everyone just do everything I want them to do? Yeah. I also like that there are now two impervious ships, so that's confirmed because it's been a little confusing up until this point. Like, where are the impervious ships? Because you'd pass yeah. one that was docked, and then it's like, but that's supposed to be chasing Tarman. 
Yeah, and so then it's like, is this whole story, like, out of sync with time, and we're going to catch right. up, and, you know, Hest is on the one that's, like, about to dock at Kelsingra the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, that, that was a little bit of a fake I was fake glad out. to have that yeah. resolved. You think they just left that other one on the river, or scuttled it, or something? Well, no, it's, it's they, that the, the first they... one... I doubt they took that. Like other the first, there were thing. there had been two all along, and the first one just like went up the river. No, I understand. I understand that. The, yeah, yeah. But, but the Chalcedians took it, right? There, so now there may not be crew? two anymore. There might be only one. Oh, now. right. Well, gotcha. they could split their crew probably and like have two ships. But why would they need two? What is that going to buy them? I guess I don't know. Two it's not like they have cannons bits. or anything. They're just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What are you doing? <laughs> Again. This goes back it, to yeah. all my rants on on the on the podcast. <laughs> Why won't anyone invent a cannon? You're fighting dragons. <laughs> it makes no sense. To be fair, at least it's explained why all of the knowledge is gone in this book. <laughs> but why were people stupid for the last 2000 years? <laughs> well, I know, but they didn't expect dragons to come back cuz they weren't there whereas but they still have boats. They still fight each other on boats. That's True. why we invented cannons, right? Like, <laughs> I know, but you're specifically talking about dragons. I'm just saying. I know. That yes. in, in A Song of Ice and Fire, it's not explained why no one ever did this. And there was no, like, cataclysmic event to prevent people from, you know, retaining that knowledge. They just didn't do it. Right. Well, they're going to have two places for uh, incompetent archers to stand, Eli. That's why they... They probably have two bows now. <laughs> yeah, now they might. Or just one one bow and then one guy's just throwing arrows. Do you, think, do you think either of the impervious boats has um, a harpoon? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? You have a harpoon on that barge, huh? Let's see it. But think about that closing movie shot of the impervious boat melting from dragon, <laughs> dragon venom. Epic. Impervious. Yes. Uh, every episode prompts this be my crew character introductions and exits. We did have quite a few exits. By Redding. Redding. By Sinead O'Connor. Whose name I can't By Sinead. <laughs> By Sinead. But we did get. Uh, um, a good description of Chasm and her cool outfit and her motivations and you should definitely eat everything she gives you. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shady business adventures. Who is being shady? Everybody. The Chalcedians, Pest, Kim, uh, the fucking traitor, the traitors who responded to those letters. Um, mm-hmm. The, yeah. the Duke's right-hand man who's like, I only need to have one son, and then I'll be Duke too. Mm, and yeah. then we got this, We remember we get the information from Chasm where she's like, well, he just started calling himself the Duke, so we now have an answer to our question. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Who and what is the Duke of Chalcedon? Because it was I'm a cool you, name. He yeah. heard that other people north of him or northeast of him get to call themselves dukes and he's like i want to be a duke Duke too duke i want to be a duke too (laughs) the duchy of chelsea um what a tangle what are the dragons doing tornadoing sand (laughs) 
Flying with the flying. broken wing. No mud. No mud is very correct. I they're flying. That. That's what they're doing. It's like, I don't know what. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting muddy. I'm not throwing myself off a bridge. <laughs> I love it. I like that Spit was just like, then he wants to throw you off a bridge so you'll drown. And then I'm going to drown. <laughs> We're all going to drown. <laughs> and Carson's Aww. like, he's flirting with her. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ralpha. She deserves better. She really does. <laughs> Uh, boats, why are they great? Well, they have legs that work like anchors when the dock is bullshit. Yeah, and they can <laughs> apparently store people like Hermione's purse in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make uh, they fit a whole room of the... requirement under that hole. <laughs> they did. It's odd. It's so weird. Uh, they make excellent NICU units uh, on the go. <laughs> it's going to be great. And dismantling the patriarchy, badassery, animal husbandry, and expired fashions from Jamelia or Kelsingra, wherever. Meat suit. Or Chalced. Or Chalced. Meat suit. egg... <laughs> The egg costume. <laughs> I just can't get over it. Her just her face in a square. Not even round. A square hole <laughs> that her you face stuck out of. I'm, I'm, flash, I'm flashing back to my serpent cosplay and I'm feeling like that's real <laughs> yeah. point for Chasm too. <laughs> it's true. Just all he could see was Maybe. her eyebrows. He's like, I don't even know how old she is. I can't figure it out. And she's like, maybe if I make myself look so ugly, like, he won't assert his husbandly rights. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Our reminder for our next reading section is book four, Blood of Dragons, chapters 10 through 14. This has been Buckheap Radio. You can email us at buckheapradio at gmail and let us know if you can read your email on air. I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel all over the internet. I'm Alyssa, and I'm online at alyssamaynard.com. I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faceless Spray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. Next and up I'm is Elena spoilers. Oh, Mom. sorry. Rude. <laughs> I know. Wow. <laughs> Rachel. <Sorry>. Jesus. <laughs> Did I get it out or do I need to do it again? We pretend no, that you get to happen. restart so you get all of your <laughs> airtime. Okay. I'm Elena at Moth Elena. We should start calling you the Duke. Right? Jeez. <laughs> Duke Rachel coming at you. I'm Change it from Darth Rachel to Duke Rachel. Noise. You know, you, you know he started again. calling himself the Duke and then he learned that they have a king. And he's like, I don't yeah. care. I still I don't care. I'm still. I'm, still <laughs> I'm not pretentious. See, like we're we Chalcedians are a stern, warlike people, and I went. I was a warlord. I don't need to be a king. Duke is good. What's enough his for real me. name? Tony Speck. What's his, what's his real name? <laughs> and, and Tony, Tony is Kent. Speck. Like Kent. Do you think he? Do you Tony think Ravioli. made a word for Duke in Chalcedian, <laughs> or do you think it's like a six duchies word? That they just, I like, think it's a six duchies word that he likes. Yeah, yeah. I think Duke it's totally Tony. 
It is Assassin Dean. A family. Familia. <laughs> are they a t- are they Paisan? What are I like know. I like uh, you get names like like uh, Chasim, which is how I pronounce it in my head, and then like Antonicus. Like, is it, are they Roman? <laughs> but then there's Kyle. What the fuck, Kyle? Kyle. <laughs> the worst offender. Kyle. Kyle. That's why he left Chelsea. They were like, "Your name is too stupid and ordinary. Please get out of our country." But then his last name is Kent. That's uh, Antonicus <laughs> yeah. Kent. What is that? That's a comic book name. <laughs> She oh probably God, used like one of those like... name randomizer like things online and was like, like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is aren't important. Name <laughs> Ken. Which ancient yeah, what, what Roman was, are was... you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the original last name of like Malta and Selden and Wintrow? Because I know they Vestrit. all go by Vestrit now. Oh, Haven, but... yeah. Haven. Haven. Yeah. Haven. Haven. Okay, yeah. 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 I feel like at least Haven this... could be a little fantasy-ish. Look, but, I yeah, think they sound, they sound a little bit like they might be the white people on the map. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting. Gross. Where... And they're naming their kids like Summer and Ocean, but for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. They just sound like the white people. These are the white people on the map, for sure. Uh, who's staying for spoilers? I can Not stay now. Who said the rabbit. Not me. I want to stay. Get out. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving. Bye, bitches. Bye. Bye. I might stay for spoilers because I've never done it and I did finish it. Yeah, stay. You finished it. I have things to say about the last trilogy, though. Okay, can I get through this second part of that email first? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go back to Georgia. Where the Uh, devil went. This is is Georgia from Australia. Uh, So... One of my own far-fetched theories is Fitz is a direct descendant of elderlings on his mother's side, and perhaps Rialder was his direct ancestor, and perhaps Rialder was the catalyst for a white prophet who wore a rooster crown, and perhaps that white is also the fool's direct descendant. Or I, uh, I'd like to think that Fitz and the fool were linked in history just as they are linked uh, in shaping the future. And my favorite quote is, is time the wheel that turns or the track it leaves behind? What do you think about that one? Sure, why not? Shit. (laughs) I like that quote. I remember it because whenever I read it, I always wonder if it is a Wheel of Time reference. (laughs) Because I feel like there are other references in the books to other contemporaneous fantasy novels. Uh... So maybe that's a wheel of time one. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Because why else have that vision? Why else connect them together? Well, yeah.
they certainly built on each other's uh, prophecies, at least. I don't know if they considered the white prophets to be like white prophets uh, for Realder's Dragon in that time, because it seems like that they were more like minstrels or like poets or just like honored members of society. But well, I mean, they were the singers. The fool was a jester. Right. While he was also a white prophet, so maybe they were just, you know. Yeah, they moved. They have they have occupations yeah. and callings. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Sure. All right. What do you have to say about the last trilogy? Is Elena okay with hearing that? Yes. Or does Elena want to go first? Do you have anything to say about the end of the book? Oh. Um. Oh, th- I mean, I think my big thing was that was just like the the whole thing. That I hate, I hate what happened to Rapscal, and I'll yeah, me too. I'll, 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 it's weird as shit, it's, right? Yeah, <laughs> like and it's such. I'll, I'll unload about it when we actually get there narratively too. But it's just, I'll say this for now. It was such a fucking cop out, like to just completely ruin his actual character, and like who he was by basically getting letting him get taken over by this bully and. I don't know. It was just, I really, I just disliked that, that that was the way she chose to go about eliminating one of, you know, Thymara's suitors. Right. Like, As a way to say, remember, skills, the skill is still dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I guess it's like another aspect of the addiction thing for the magic. Mm-hmm. He's just addicted to the stones instead. Yeah. It seems just like the same exact technology that allows you to load yourself into a stone dragon, though. So, are we really going to hate on that? <laughs> Considering? Well, I mean, that's... But th- that's just like you're doing it to... Like, you're giving up something, whereas he's, like, taking stuff and putting it in. Mm-hmm. It's a different sort of thing. And also giving up his own, like, space inside of his psyche for his own self because he's putting in too much of Oh, yeah, that's else. the crime, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the crime. You're not filling up an empty magical stone. You're stealing someone. Yeah. You're stealing their life. And destroying your own. Right. Uh, and what, what, Jenny, what did you have to say? Well, I was just, first of all, I love the Hest ending. Um, <laughs> well Poetic. deserved. Very much Everyone's enjoyed. been calling it for the whole time. They've just been waiting patiently. I mean, I was a little sad it wasn't Relta, but <laughs> I, I approved of the whole situation. And the fact that, like, no one ever knew <laughs> just cracked me up. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I what, after I finished reading the book, I was like, okay, now I have to go and, like, read various sections of the last trilogy because now this stuff will mean something to me right all these people who (laughs) pop up that are really annoying so i was like i was like oh and it's just i don't know it was really funny just reading it because i was like oh now this is actually relevant and i also just like because i kind of like i've forgotten a lot of like small things that go on in, in the last trilogy and i just i liked when fitz shows up and he's just like it's the people of my nightmares (laughs) (laughs) it's great and i did not make the connection i was like skimming through the book and i was like oh alec oh 
Oh. Oh. Mm. Did not did not realize that that was a person that was also from these books. Yep. So that's lovely. I can't remember what happens to him. We'll get there. <laughs> Any other commentary? Um, I still hate that the dragons don't give a shit about their elderly children. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little... We talked about this in another um, spoiler section, but it's like... I don't think that it... I think it's a... Uh, I think that the dragons are missing part of their magic, essentially. Because they just don't seem to be able to... I, I mean, is this a problem that elderlings always had? Because right? if they did, there wouldn't be so much like beautiful art. There'd be a lot more like hospitals. Right. Or... <laughs> Yeah. Like, because I think the part of the reason I, I don't like the dragons is because of that, like, section of the last trilogy when they're like, right. please heal my child, they are broken. Or were, or were the elderlings gifted of other magics that allowed them to kind of direct their own growth in a way that, like, helped? Well, I think it's and interesting that, it's that, present. that, like, yeah. the skill is able to do that. Like, he's able to heal them with the skill, and I'm like... Mm -hmm. I also think it's weird that, like, no one has fucking heard of the skill outside nope. of, like... No, it's somehow statues. been it's so completely weird. eradicated from... Even though they're using it. Yeah, I know. Because, like, I mean... Like, I, Wintro was using it when he was making his stained glass bullshit. Like, and, just... like, and, like, Fitz is like, oh, it's like the skill and the wit together. Okay. Which would have like, been way more common than it is exactly. now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, all, it's a lot of information missing for everybody. Well, that's why I always wonder, is the fool's task really to bring back dragons? Or is the fool's task to join those magics back together? And the fool's just kind of confused uh, to, like, the end game. Just, like, that's just one of the steps. Mm, maybe. And, yeah. And so then I have this theory... Elena, cover your ears. That bees, <laughs> that that bee, that's what bees' purpose is going to be. That that makes sense. Yeah, you can uncover your ears because I have a rap school thing to say. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, it is for the last trilogy, but since you see him in the last stupid rap school, <laughs> just I don't know. It just it's made like me the even Black Knight from Monty Python. It's like that's what he's become. He's just the Black made me Knight sad because Python. he was even more sad because he's just like still terrible. Everyone's just like, "Ugh, Rapskull, please stop. We don't yep. want to deal with your bullshit anymore." Aw, none makes, shall pass. That makes me even more sad. Like that it's not just a phase. That it actually like no, he's gone forever. No, he's he's yeah. Mm. Let's see. Oh, I, I was very satisfied by the callow uh, Tintaglia arc. <laughs> I appreciated that. And Tintaglia being like, oh man, fucking Ice Fire, where were you when I was dying with your babies inside me? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, this dude stood beside me. I'm like, yep. There's maybe a little teensy tiny bit of merit to taking on a, a bit of human ways. <laughs> callow got better once he got rid of Greft. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I do I do disagree on the Hest thing with like nobody getting to know about it because that's just a serious lack of closure. And if that were me I mean and it, I were it, like 
worried about my ex-husband wandering back in from the woods at any point. <laughs> but no, point. just like, he's just out there somewhere. Yeah, like, I would really want to <laughs> sure know. Sure he is. So, he I seems mean, like the kind of guy that I could mean, survive I liked, out there. I liked the, the fact that Cedric at the end was like, I don't care, it's not important to me. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Like, I liked that part of it, like, he didn't need to know. So I felt like that was growth, but at the same time, I really wanted Kala to be like, yeah, I ate him. Yeah, I'm I feeling that... that'll come up eventually. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, obviously it doesn't in the book, but I hope eventually that comes up just so that everybody's questions are answered, you know. But yeah, any any sympathy I had for Hest when he got to Kelsinger, I was like, oh, oh all gone. Oh, God, and he's no. like strutting out with his like, yep. you know, <laughs> put his clothes back on. I just, and I just, I was fully prepared for him to see Cedric and be like, Oh, he's scaly. Who would want him? I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. And then see Carson, but it was so much better that he was like, "Who's this hot bronze scaled man? I want him." Oh, it's Cedric. This is great. Oh, fuck. This <laughs> 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 is a great sequence. <laughs> Loved everything. All right, I'm gonna end us. Okay. Yes, fans on. All right. Yeah. I need that air conditioner. I need that sweet, sweet AC. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.